0: Well, this week, um, we're in week three of our trifecta series, or at least we should be, but um, I felt the Holy Spirit kind of compelling me a little differently this week. Um, Just sometimes, you know, the Lord does stuff and moves on things, and you're like, you know, I just need to make more space for that than the agenda. So even sometimes God will give us a long-term plan Or something, but we want to be open to interruption. Now, if you're, I know there's some churches, oh, well, if it's not just on the cuff, off the cuff, or just interruption every week, then it's not spiritual enough. Or else if it's not planned out, it's not spiritual enough. And we believe that Jesus is in the balance, which is part of the basis of trifecta, that in that kind of Trinity, Trinitarian triad sort of thing, that we believe Jesus is in the balance. And this is a week of balance where I think sometimes the Lord uh, brings things to mind that are just different. And so we wanna leave room for interruption. And today is one of those days where um, I've just, I've been acutely aware that, um, you know, I've came back from Africa and I know for my staff and my team and probably my family, I've been just been, whoa, he kind of came back a little different. And the thing that I've, just been seeing was the Lord was, um, just doing a lot of things and showing me a lot of things. It's kind of like, like on the matrix, like when Neo goes back in the chair and he, and then he like wakes up, wait, I know Kung Fu. And it's kind of been that a little bit, you know, kind of went, I didn't even know why I went to Africa. I just felt like I was supposed to go and I came back and, Ooh, like I know Kung Fu. Um, and then, like <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of what it's been like, which has been crazy But at the core of it, the thing, like I said, we've been feeling sifting and shifting and movement, and the biggest thing that I believe is a a little phrase, and my wife said to me a couple weeks ago, and I've been feeling it for weeks as well, is a release of the Spirit. That we are coming into a season where the Holy Spirit wants to be released on this church, on this movement. And in each of our lives. But we're also coming into a season where we cannot afford to miss the time of our visitation, where we can't afford to overlook those Kairos moments where heaven is invading earth and the Lord is wanting to move us more in sync with what he's doing. And so those are the reasons why we really value prayer around here because we want to hear from heaven what the Spirit's doing. And this, one, and this is <clears throat> a day <clears throat> that um, I believe the Spirit is doing something. And I was talking to our children's pastor, Steve Roark, Thursday. day. We were just doing our normal Thursday meeting. And I was talking about something. And Steve said, I, I'm, I'm not a prophet, but I feel like God's saying this. And I'm like, yeah, you are. And it was exactly like the Lord had been telling me something. I'd kind of been listening, but kind of not, because I'm amazing at that. And, and Steve just said something. I'm like, no, that's prophetic. That's the word of the Lord for me. That's the word of the Lord. And I was feeling a shift and a sift and a little change of movement today and a hesitation. And exactly what Steve said is for that. And uh, Brother Watchman Nee, one of the forerunners of the Chinese house church movement, the cell movement there, when Watchman started, his ministry in the 20s. There was about 20,000 Christians in China, and now there's um, over a third of a billion. There are as many Chinese Christians now as there are our people in our country. Um, so what you might think is the most godless regime in the world is actually full of the, one of the strongest praying churches in the world, where disciple-making is happening at a clip that we've never experienced here, even like in the Great Awakening. There's revival going on in China, 20,000 to over 350 million in less than 100 years. Watchman Nee said this He said, Lord, for the future of your church, for the future of the gospel, for your way, and also for my own life, I offer myself without condition, without reservation, into your hands. I delight to offer myself unto you and am willing to let you have your full way through me. And I think that um, the appropriate response to that is amen. But I I also believe, if we're real honest, um, we say amen, but doing amen are not the same thing, right? Because I don't think any born again person, if you say, do you want everything God has for you. If you were in your right mind and not struck by fear or maybe how um, abrupt the question is or the timing, you'd say, yeah, I mean, why, why are you doing this, right? Why are we doing this if we don't want what God has for us? And, but there's also before a release of the spirit, I believe before a release of the spirit happens that often there has to be a release of the hindrances we're holding on to that uh, prevent the spirit from moving into that space so there's a release of the spirit that i believe is for today i'm prophetically saying in the spirit there's something today that god wants to do because he's been urging prompting setting up this thing for a while and so he wants to do it today but there's also a hesitation, there's a thing, there's some things in all of our lives that prevent the fullness of the Spirit from moving in our lives. And sometimes we're just ready and we just need someone to call out the things that are not as though they were, and we just need that activation because the Lord's already done the work. But there's other times where we know there's that thing in our heart that holds us back. And I've been feeling like this weird tension in the last couple of months because I've been knowing that the Lord's wanting to do something, and I've been in this incredible tension of wondering what the lord was doing and i felt a prevention on some level and then i was sitting in staff meeting on tuesday morning and i had a kairos moment um around 10:53 a.m. that i'll never forget never forget it um one of my best friends and children and cohort and amazing woman of God, Emily over there. Emily, raise your hand. She's tall, beautiful, lovely Cuban gal that sings a lot of times. That You guys are blessed by her voice. Emily is one of, one of my best friends, and I love her like a kid. And I say she's one of my kids because she is. just um, Because we've, we've had the privilege of discipling her since she was 15 years old. We met her in Kansas City. We became her youth pastors and just... She's just our kid, we love her. I mean, Juan and Dana, that's their kid, but she's our kid in the spirit, and um, also, as well as theirs. And so, Emily called me during our staff meeting, and I i didn't answer, and I just texted her. I said, what's going on? Then, one of our other kids in the spirit, um, Emily's, Emily's best friend, Amanda, calls too. I'm like, what's going on? And Emily texts me back, she's like, I don't know how else to say this, but, um, one of our other kids in the spirit, Matthew, killed himself. He died. And um, that's uh, an egregious loss in my heart. Matthew and Emily and Emily's friend, uh, best friend, Amanda, and a couple other people their age that were once kids that are now, you know, amazing adults. Are now walking with the Lord and serving, and uh, but we come to love them like our kids. They've either like spent time in our house, lived at our house, been at our house, just been part of our house with our kids. The house group we did in Kansas City, the Oikos that was our student ministry, and uh, Matthew was um, one of the disciples that I've had in my life that um, collectively brought me the greatest joy and pain, maybe of anyone. Uh, Matthew's this amazing young guy Teeming with talents and gifts But um, there was just a darkness And brokenness that he had a hard Hard time Getting away from And I also had a tremendous Falling out with Matthew um, Seven and a half years ago Where sometimes with people you just come to a place Where it's just there's an impasse And unless some things change Something has to change And um, it's been one of the greatest pains of my life, um, discipling that young man. And um, my heart was broken. Not just because a young guy took his life. But um, just, you know, like the relationship, like I said, came to an abrupt end. But I've seen something um, in myself that I've been praying about and that the Lord massively showed me. It was weird, last Sunday I was driving to church and I thought of Matthew. And I thought, should I reach out to him? Because he's, he's undergone tragedy in his life. A lot of it was um, stuff, uh, self-made and stuff, like just was born into a hard, hard experience and married into a hard experience. And um, he wanted to reach, he asked Emily if he could reach out to me a little over a month ago. And I I took a little bit to get back to him because like there was just such pain there. And then finally a couple weeks later, I said, yeah, and I never heard from him. Last Sunday I was driving here, I'm like, I I didn't hear, I haven't heard from him. Should I, I felt like I prompted to pray for him and should I reach out to him? And I didn't, I didn't. I just dismissed it and I didn't. And um, that was the day he took his life. And I, I don't, I'm not going to take all that on myself because, you know, there, there's other things at work and we haven't talked much over the last several years. But I, I just asked the Lord, I'm like, Lord, what, what's going on? And he's like, you know that uh, release of the spirit you've been seeking? He's like, there's been a clog in your drain. And a clog in my drain has been just uh, like some bitterness, I think. Just bitterness that was opened up, not necessarily towards him, but towards some, some things. And, you know, I felt the Lord say to me, he's like, Ryan, and I'm like, what about bitterness? He's like, bitterness is that thing you keep for yourself. It's that kind of Gollum-esque thing, like the precious that winds up being the poison you think you're giving to other people for what they deserve, for what they've done to you, that you wound up, you wind up ingesting. And so, like, in my life, I've had some bitterness I've had to work through. And I thought that I have, but, like, it's was clear that I haven't on some levels. And so there's this thing that the Lord was just showing me in my heart, and so there's this, um, it was really, bitterness is a spirit of self-preservation, that we seek to save our life so we're not hurt again. We don't feel that again. We don't experience that again. So like we try to save our lives, but we wind up losing part of them. And that's anything in the spirit. This isn't like a talk on bitterness today. This is just my own um, honest sharing about my own spiritual journey. So there's this thing, whatever we hold back for ourselves will be the thing that causes the spirit to not be released until it's dealt with. And really, all of our sin in our lives, don't they really have to do with a not trusting of God to take care of our unmet needs, desires, demands, passion, dreams? Everything we hold back is that. Every sin is that. Everything we deal with is that. You might be like, dude, you talk about sin a lot. Well, it's in the book. Jesus talks about it a lot because the wages of it's death. And I don't want to be part of some cozy, weak consumer church that doesn't talk about the things Jesus talks about. Yeah. So we're going to talk about people that kill themselves. We're going to talk about hard things in the culture. We're going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about disciplining our kids. We're going to talk about God's view of sexuality. We're going to talk about the inerrancy of the word. We're going to talk about the end of days. We're going to talk about Jesus Christ unapologetically. Yeah. We're not going to actually talk about anything but him. Nothing but him. I don't care about what's going on in the world. We're only going to talk about through the grid of Jesus Christ. All right. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And I, I'm an imperfect guy. So imperfect. But I love Jesus and I want to see a move of him on the earth in our time. And I want a release of his spirit. And um, I've been asking God what it is. And God revealed in my life that. And there's been a part of me that's been um, broken and maligned in my life. And I haven't really believed in some of these cases that Jesus paid it all. There's areas of your life you don't believe Jesus paid it all. Because if you did, you wouldn't have any demands. If you did, you wouldn't have any sin, right? Like, if Jesus paid it all, no one owes me anything. Seriously, like if Jesus paid it all, I can be punched, I can be kicked, I can be laughed, I can be mocked, I can be stolen from, and that's where Jesus says to go the extra mile, the Sermon on the Mount. Like Jesus is not asking us to do anything he didn't do. Jesus went more than the last lap for us all the way to the cross by himself, and then he had the audacity to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And the recognition of this by Peter, by the disciples, by the other abandoners, by the people at Pentecost, who prayed before that day for the house to be shook, and it did, and they went out, and what did they talk about? They talked about the condition of sin and the clog and the drain, and then it says people were cut to the quick, and then they repented, and they said, what do we do? And Peter says, repent. Save yourselves from this crooked generation, and the Spirit was released on them. Today, God wants to deal with the clogs in our drain, and for a release of the Spirit to happen. There's a story in the Bible in Acts chapter 5. I'm going to read that real quick. Uh, This is just a lot on the fly. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 5. If you got an app, Acts chapter 5, the first 11 verses. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property he brought part of the money to the apostles claiming it was the full amount. When his wife, with his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let the spirit of Satan fill your heart? You lied, not only to us, but to the Holy Spirit. And you kept some of the money for yourself. And Peter says this, the property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, The money was also yours to give away in part or in full. How could you do a thing like this, though? You weren't lying to us, but you were lying to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified, you think? Imagine someone walks in here, acting like they're full of the Holy Spirit and like the Lord shows you you aren't and you just press on and then bam, curtains. I'd be terrified. Then some young men got up, scooped him up, wrapped him in a sheet and buried him. About three hours later, his wife, not knowing what happened, came in and Peter asked her the same thing. What was the price you and your husband received for the land? She replied, this was the price. Peter said, how could the two of you even think to conspire to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are outside the door and they'll come in and bury you too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw she was dead, they carried her out. And great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what happened. I think... The enemy to the release of the Spirit is oftentimes not egregious sin, but rather an Ananias and Sapphira spirit. Jesus, I'm all in, but secretly you're holding something back. Secretly, you don't really honor authority. Secretly, maybe you don't really honor your marriage. Maybe you're a lousy employee or employer, or maybe there's greed. Maybe there's a secret addiction. Maybe there's bitterness. Maybe there's deep-seated unforgiveness. Maybe there's crazy doubt. It doesn't have to be like the terrible stuff like, you know, that we hear about and see about in the news too often. But at the core of everyone who falls into that stuff are these lesser things. And the Ananias and Sapphira sold a piece of property, friends, and gave a huge sum of money to the church. Most people will be like, that's generous enough, man. That's awesome. Look at we got those people. They were all in. And Jesus looked at them through Peter and said, you're not all in. You lied. So the spirit of lying, maybe you're an exaggerator. Maybe uh, you're like a minimizer. Maybe you hear what you want to hear. Like These are the things that prevent the release of the spirit more often than not is an Ananias and Sapphira spirit. Because this was not the first time they lied. This wasn't the first time they said something that they were all in and they weren't. It's just who they were. And I believe if we want a release of the Spirit in our times, um, we've got to be open to dealing with those things. Because, like, bitterness didn't kill me all at once, but it was killing things slowly in my life marriage and ministry, my family. Some of the self preservation. Some of the distance, some of the isolation, some of the whatever was, were things I was dealing with and this was the thing that I am saying, oh, geez, I'm not holding nothing back. And he's like, listen, hombre, you are. And it's called bitterness. And it's a rot in your soul. And bitterness is really, if you were giving me what I needed, I wouldn't treat them like this. That's what all sin is and it's such a lie. Like, Lord, if you were giving me what I needed, I wouldn't hold back any of this property. I'd just give it all. Lord, if you were giving me what I needed, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look for um, sexual desire fulfillment elsewhere. I wouldn't look for my needs fulfilled elsewhere. I wouldn't dig into food like I do. I wouldn't work like an animal to exhaustion and the exclusion of my family. Or I would be free to give or free to share. You know what I mean? It's, it's, we all have it, right? It's the sin condition. But if Jesus paid it all, do I really have the right to keep anything back for myself? Like the great exchange is Jesus paid it all, I pay it all, and we sync up and heaven comes to earth. But Jesus paying it all is way greater than the paltry pittance that I bring, isn't it? It's like the great exchange of heaven for like a bowl of nauseation. That's really what my life is apart from him. I give him this big vat of like toxic corruption. And here's what happens. I want to show you a little picture. Did we got that did that picture work out, Sean? Okay, just take a minute. Years ago, I, I kept having this thing around my nose that was happening. I kept having this thing around my nose. And for months I kept feeling like, you know, like you're getting a zit. I don't know if anyone in here is like loves this stuff or hates this stuff. But I had a zit that kept coming and I got this infection in my face. And I went to a hospital on a Saturday, it was useless. Might as well have just gone and stuck my face in like a septic tank, um, which it kinda looks like I did. And I kept having this thing that was growing, but from one day it went from really sore to that was Saturday, this was Sunday. And my wife said, we gotta go back to the hospital. And we went to Christ Hospital and it was great. And I got there. And we're in this waiting area, and um, they're really panicky. I mean, I'm in a lot of pain, and I look gnarly. But I thought, you know, it's an infection. This is like zit gone wild. And it was, but this dude kind of looks at me, this doctor, and he's like, "Um, "We got to express this thing." And he's like, "And this is probably going to hurt some." Which was the understatement of uh, of this. Century when a grown man straddles you and puts a leg on you like you're in a chiropractic office, literally, like the dude put his knee up over me and got on top of me and <clears throat> started squeezing my nose. I let out this bellowous roar that you could hear throughout the first floor of the hospital. Apparently, someone told me later. I've broken bones. I've broken a bone in my neck, I've broken my leg, I've broken my knee, I've broken most of my fingers, my toes, broken my arm, I've broken my nose, I've been hit in the head with a baseball bat, I've been jumped, I've been uh, stepped on a ground hornet's nest, I've been hit by a car twice, I've been in several car wrecks, I've flipped a car. I have never felt a pain like that in my life when this dude squeezed my nose. And he said, This is gonna hurt. And it kind of reminds me on that scene uh, like in The Man of Steel on Superman when Clark meets Lois for the first time, this alien ship, and um, Lois gets whacked by this alien device across her stomach and she's dying. And he's, she just kind of runs into him for the first time and she's like in shock and hemorrhaging outward and inward. And he looks at her with his x-ray vision, and looks inside of her and says, um, you're hemorrhaging from the inside. You're going to die unless I do something. And she's looking, and I'm like, what on earth are you going to do? And then he just looks at her and says, I can do things other people can't. This is going to hurt. But trust me. This guy squeezed this thing for I don't know how long. It felt like a year. And nothing happened, or so I thought. And him doing this, um, for the next five days, this is vile, but you guys are grown up enough to handle this. If you're not, just grab your shirt and throw up in it. But (laughs) for the next five days, I kept feeling like my nose was running incessantly. What turned out is I had a pimple that turned into a um, MRSA, Saff infection, cellulitis. and was going to my brain and this, the infectious disease head of Christ hospital came in on her day off because they're like, this dude's in bad shape. And she's like, you're gonna, you were gonna die unless you listened to your wife and came here. She's like, you were hours away from being dead. And for the next five days, my nose just poured out this infection that was inside of me, that I thought was a runny nose. Like gobs. We're talking, you probably could have filled a bowl of what came out of my face. And that's what the Spirit wants to do in this church, actually. Do you know God's not afraid of your boogers, your infection, your, your ugliness, your brokenness? Do you know God's not afraid of any of it? And unless he does things that only he can do, that no one else can do, we're going to die. We're going to die on the vine. We're going to die suddenly. Like my friend, he just couldn't take anymore. Some of the things that contribute to the erosion of our relationship, I believe, um, plagued him through the rest of his life. Because the wages of sin is death. So we either die... On the way, or we will die suddenly. Ananias and Sapphira is over. And so, in this time in our church, I believe there's a release of the Spirit that um, God wants to do in us, but He can do things no one else can, and it's going to hurt. It's going to cost you and me a lot to be disciples, it's going to cost us even more to make disciples. I'm not going to stop making disciples because one of the people I love the most hurt me the most and it didn't work out like I planned. That one of what felt like one of the greatest successes um, turned out to be what felt like one of the greatest failures of my life. And I've had to look at that. You got to look at your stuff today. Because what was happening seemed justified. It was actually, bitterness is a sin that seems justified when people screw you over and hurt you. Anger, rage. A lot of times those things feel justified because hurt people hurt people, right? Like you flinch. It's like the dog that gets kicked all the time, it flinches. If you're the dog that was kicked all the time, you flinch when other people get close to you or when other people run into you. And so a lot of times, like some of these sins, like unforgiveness, bitterness, All this stuff can feel really justified. So I'm not just talking about the out there stuff that doesn't seem justified. But underneath all the out there stuff are things that feel justified to people that they use to cope. And so, what's the spirit pushing on your life to say, like, hey, let me have this? It's going to hurt. What's that little ring you can't do without you don't think? You're precious. That is the thing, the Ananias and Sapphira thing, like, what would God have done? He wouldn't have done anything if they said, hey, we, we made $50,000, here's 45 we are going to keep 10% for ourselves. That's way more than the 10%, right? He wouldn't have cared, but they lied. It wasn't the giving, it was the lying. So you can be the most generous person in the world, but you can be a liar, and it's offensive to the spirit. You can be the best whatever in the world. You can be the best mom. You can be the best servant. But if there's this other stuff in your heart, like the Lord says, like, I'm not like, looking to like, just maim you, but like I want all of you. I want your whole heart. Because I won't share my glory with anyone else, and it's got to be on my terms. So it's got to be all or nothing. And we're never going to arrive till we get there. But it's like this step-by-step step right now that we release what we have so he can release what he has, and so we want a release of the Spirit. So um, the kids can come in. What we're just gonna do is honestly, we're just gonna pray, and we're gonna believe that um, this might hurt on some level. Can the worship team, would y'all mind coming back up, like you guys were killing it today? Let's just hear it for them. And, and not, even, not even for Lucas and his team. I don't want to clap for them, honestly. I want to clap that they're open to what Jesus is doing and they share that with us. So let's honor that, yeah. I mean, I want to honor them, but I, 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 want, I appreciate the, guy, the way you guys let the Holy Spirit move through you. And for there to be a release of the Spirit, friends, we just got to say, yeah. So one of the things that we're going to do, um, we're, we're moving into a next phase of a church We're we're moving into a next phase of a church and we want all he has. So I was feeling like before we get the disciple making movement, we need a release of the spirit. We just need for us to be the disciples that Jesus is calling us to be. So I'm just going to start praying. And I want everyone, if you want to stay in your seat, if you want to come forward, whatever it is, you want to get on your face, whatever that looks like, if you're open to it, we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to be released in this place today. But I'm going to ask that you let him probe your heart first, or maybe he's already cut you to the quick, like when Peter was talking, and you already know what that thing is, and you'd say, Here it is, Jesus. I release this so you'll release you on me. Will you come, Holy Spirit? Will you come in your power? Nothing held back today, Father God. Nothing held back, not one drop, not one thing. We want it all, Lord. We want it all, Father. We want everything you have. So Lord, I just pray for a spirit of repentance to fall on the Vineyard Florence today. Lord, I pray for a penitent spirit to come on people who are lying. There's someone here today who's an adulterer. Jesus, would you release your conviction for them to be honest and share Would you release that on them, Lord? You're not calling them out because you hate them, you're calling them out because you love them. I pray, Lord, the same spirit that fell in the book of Acts would fall on us, that people wouldn't lie in this place any longer than themselves or each other. Lord, I pray on our children and our youth, a release of your spirit. Lord, people that are hesitant of what it could look like if they're all in, a rearranging of theological paradigms, we release that to you, Holy Spirit. We release to you, Father God, lies that we believe about ourselves, that we're not good enough, that we could never make it. That Lord, that we're that loser we recalled our whole lives. We release that lie to you. That's not humble. That's not humble. Humility is to agree with Jesus, not to agree with lies spoken over you. So Lord, some people that have not shined ever in their life, that they would shine today because of the release of your spirit. We, we, we command a spirit of fear to leave our church right now. A spirit of Christian nationalism. Lord, leave our church in Jesus' name. A spirit of, of uh, political idolatry where we thought that the realm of politics would be the solution. Lord, we command that to leave in Jesus' name. You're the king. We're your people, the people of God all over the earth. That's your nation. Lord, in Jesus' name, we just pray against every obsession of every addiction. In Jesus' name, we ask you to break the root of those things now. Lord, we pray over the children. Would you release an anointing? Lord, we pray for the gift of tongues. We pray for the gifts of dreams and prophetic words, of new visions, Lord. We pray over these things now. In Jesus' name, that you would release the spirit on the children today, Father. We pray today, Lord, that you would release on the students a spirit of boldness, a spirit of conviction, a spirit of power. Lord, we pray over every child here, every family represented. We break generational curses in Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name, marriages that are on the rocks, Lord, we repent, we repent. You want you want marriages to work, Lord. People that are on the ropes, when you have doubt, Lord, would you break through every barrier in marriage, every offense, every lie, every adultery, every confusion, every root of bitterness, every offense, we unleash the spirit of God and we call for release of the spirit on those marriages. People that have been touched wrongly, Lord, that have been hurt wrongly in their lives by other people's perversions, we release the spirit now on that. We release a spirit of healing in Jesus name. We release a spirit of discipleship. People that are angry about the decision that this is that this church is moving to Lord, we ask that you would release a spirit on their understanding, God. That you would renew their minds, that you would unclog that drain of consumerism of of sadness, of brokenness, of the new thing, Lord, whatever it is, and we ask for release of your spirit, all the clogs in our drain, that you would express those things so your healing power can flow in our lives. Release your Holy Spirit, King Jesus, right now. Fall on people right now. If you want more of the spirit right now, just raise your hand, stand up, look to heaven, and ask the Holy Spirit to fall on you. Pray in one voice, pray above me, church. Come Holy Spirit, come God, come Father, release your power. Come Lord, fall on us today. We want everything you have, nothing held back, Father. Would you come Lord, would you move today? Raise above our doubts, above our insecurities. Come Holy Spirit, move past our emotions, past our minds, past our physical limitations. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit today release your spirit kingdom God let it fall on our church in Jesus name if you don't know Jesus come to the front if you want Jesus today we want to pray for you we release salvation Lord here in house groups in the marketplace Lord that a release of your spirit would happen in the people of Vineyard Florence people that are online tuning in a release of a spirit africa lord in asia and in europe people are tuning in central america we pray for release of your spirit right now people on vacation release your spirit people that are sick at home release your spirit that people would get up today you would release your spirit god a spirit of healing of forgiveness of sanity of mental health would be released on this church in this time a spirit of biblical literacy would fall on this church, Father God. That we would see generals raised up in the kingdom, that hundreds of church plants that would be, that you would raise up, you would release a spirit of entrepreneurism and the spirit and the natural. The people that are poor, have been poor their whole life, we release them from a poverty spirit now in Jesus' name. People that have a death sentence, we release you in Jesus' name to be healed people have cancer we release you to be healed now in Jesus name maybe even people that have HIV that have a STD we release you from that in Jesus name we pray healing would come in times of refreshing in the name of Jesus Christ just pray at the top of your voices, you guys worship we're just going to ask you to come if you want prayer the person next to you, I'm up here and other people are too in Jesus name
1: Char, calling. It's calling.